It was actually a piece that was written in uh, the 1890s by German playwright Frank Wedekind, and it takes place in 1890, uh, provincial Germany, a provincial town in Germany, and it deals with the uh, coming of age of, of young children, of, of uh, teenagers, basically, um, coming of age story for them, and the, the toils that adolescents deal with as they are coming of age. Even though this takes place in the 1890s in provincial Germany, I understand that there's rock music that's part of it. Uh, that was not, a, I guess, a part of uh, provincial Germany in the 1890s, but how does that uh, all fit in? Well, the music is written by Duncan Cheek, who was, of course, a, a rock artist, indie rock artist in the 1990s. So I like to think of the two pieces of the play being a century apart, where the music, where the music is in the 1990s and the play is in the 1890s. And really, it just goes back and forth between the two in the sense that while the while the cast is singing they angst and the and the troubles that they're going through as adolescents come through in their music come through in their rock music and then when it reverts back into the play it goes back into that provincial germany 1890s time where they were all growing up as adolescents maybe without the necessary sex education things that we have today so that's a huge part of the story of course now, outside of the music, does everything else appear to be as if it's from the 1890s in terms of the costuming and the set? It's a little bit of a mix. The, the reason why it's, it takes place in both eras is because the themes are so timeless. Um, it deals with issues such as abortion and teenage suicide and premarital sex and issues that were very risque in 1890 and are still risque today to to some extent. So the reason for the music and, and the modern mixed with the uh, juxtaposed against the traditional uh, side of the piece is to show that the, uh, that the the themes that we're dealing with are timeless themes and they are issues that have transcended time. But yes, the, the set is a fairly abstract set and the costumes are period costumes, but the lighting design also pushes the edge between and helps us transfer between 1890 and today. Uh, so the lighting design, when the music starts, kind of kicks in as if you're watching a, a rock show, as you were watching a rock concert. Now, in terms of the music, I saw you when I came in that you were in front of the keyboard. Is it the, is it the keyboard that's the primary instrument that's used to accompany the uh, people who are on stage? The interesting thing about this show that I find beautiful is that there is a rock band, so with keyboard and drum and bass and guitar, with a string orchestra of uh, violin, viola, cello, and that's the seven pieces that make up the orchestration. And it really is a true 1990s alt-rock sound with a rock band with strings on the top. There is a lot of, it's, it's very keyboard-driven, very string-driven, but the, the juxtaposition of those two sounds, the orchestra and the rock band, um, are really beautiful. For people, again, who might not be familiar with Spring Awakening, uh, any surprises you think that they might find as they, they sit down and watch this play? I think the thing that's surprising to me is that you know, a lot of people will look at it and say there's a lot of risque subject matter in it. But that's not the thing that I find surprising. The thing that I find surprising is that a piece that was written in 1890 resonates today as strongly as it did in 1890. Um, I, that's the thing that I take away from it as being surprising, that the, the themes are so timeless and that the angst that a teen might feel in 1890 is very similar to, the, to an angst that a teen feels today in going through these similar, very similar issues. It's somewhat of a cautionary tale. It's um, educate our children, make sure that we speak to our children about these issues and, and, and teach our children. Um, I hope that people walk away from it as a conversation opener or maybe a way for, for people to have these kind of discussions in a more frank manner with, with their children um, because they're not easy subjects to have to address and, and to discuss. So I, I think that to me, that's the surprising thing is that the themes resonate for, uh, you know, across time. 
But um, I think some people will find some of the material somewhat risque as as presented. But it's um, it's really I think it's very tastefully done. The actors are um, handle it with with a lot of care and with a lot of pride and with a lot of professionalism. And I feel like the entire production staff uh, here at CDC has worked really hard to do that as well. So I, I think it's been. Any, anything that we deal with has been de dealt with in a very tasteful, honest manner. It's my hope that people aren't shocked by the, the, the subject matter, but are rather shocked by the timelessness of the piece. For those who do wish to come, uh, can you tell us when it's going to be performed and how they can get tickets, please? Absolutely. Um, the show opens uh, February 14th and runs three weekends, Fridays and Saturdays. So it's February 14th, 15th, 21st, 22nd, 28th, and March 1st at 8 o'clock at uh, CDC Theater, which is at 78 Winans Ave in Cranford. And for tickets, you can contact the theater at 908-276-7611, or you could visit the website at www.cdctheater, which is T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org.